Also, your funny hand gestures didn't help. Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. Peace among worlds. And Scott. I'm making all sorts of like evocative hand gestures, which you can obviously intuit from the from the potency of my voice. Uh hello everyone, welcome back. Don't take my mind. I'll I'll do that. I'll do whatever I want with it. It's mine for the taking, Ryan. Ugh, you're right. Right. So how are you guys? That got weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. mean to go that, that was far more intimate little, than, I, little personal. than I would have been okay with in any <laughs> state, any time. I'm great. I wish it wasn't Florida outside. I don't want to be on Florida on a good day. You mean in the tropical jungle that is Georgia right now? Yeah. Yeah, if, for our listeners, it's been raining a lot for the last 72 hours, like, super amount. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about tropical storms. They, uh, they, they rain on you. They bring the thunder. Ooh. Oh! Oh, God. And his name is John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what have been going on with you two in your RPG worlds? Well, I have uh, have made my offering at the altar of the the Steam Summer Sale. Yay. Uh, It uh, it comes and it goes, and you have to give it money, or else Gabe Newell will rise. (laughs) Right, and we have to just keep him in his coffin. Yeah. I, I, uh... I'm kind of an apocalypse cult type of guy when it comes to this. I'd rather he rise. I, I will never. I don't give Steam my money ever. Maybe I'll, maybe we'll get Half Life Three if he rises. Yeah, that probably is never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Stop praying. That's a dead dead dream. Well, yes. Uh, latest news: we got Steam Summer Sale that's going on to I believe July fifth. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, like ten a.m. July fifth. Also, if it did happen, much like Fallout Four, it would suck. Oh, <laughs> oh. I actually, Fallout Four was terrible. Uh, come at me, Internet. All right, we'll I, talk I, about that later. I don't know if it's on if it's on discount. It should be, but uh, you should get Tales of the Borderlands if you haven't. The, we talked about it last yeah. episode. <laughs> it's probably pennies cheap. Get that game. It's yeah. so good. So also all the other Telltale games because they're all at least half off, if not more, right now. And yep. that is some good, good fun. Um, also, uh, it, also speaking on the Steam Summer Sale, Shadow of Mordor. It's like five bucks right now. It's a really good action RPG. I've got some really bad news for you about how the story ends, but yes, the way to get you get there is really fun. Yeah, take, and, take all the orcs and and they and we all know that there's the Shadow of War, which is the sequel coming out, and they've it wasn't at E3 specifically, but we got a little more teasers over the last couple of weeks, and the second one looked just as good, if not better. So I'm super happy about that. Super pumped. Um, and in the last sort of news that dropped literally like the day after we recorded our last episode, uh, the V5 pre-alpha rules dropped for public consumption. Yeah, so, we've uh, we've been salivating over that and speculating over that and it dropped and it's all right. It's I mean, okay. I've, I've got some things to say about it, both good and bad. Uh, I'm sure all my, my fellows here have the, their opinions mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. uh, but... It's certainly worth checking out. Pre-alpha makes it A-OK. Yeah, so, yeah, if you want, you can head over to whitewolf.com, I believe, and you can pick them up. 
It's um, uh, through drive through RPG. Drive through RPG. Yeah, you can get it on the blog, on the White Wolf blog or drive through RPG uh, for free, whatever. Yeah, for anyone who's listening, go ahead, take a moment, look at those rules because I think the next episode will be a deep dive into those, and we will have lots to say about them. Also, they have a little uh, feedback form that they're actually just taking open feedback for for anyone who runs through the scenario. Like, just they really they're really focusing on very specific systems. Like the hunger system is really what they're trying to focus on this time. So you know, if you want to do them a solid, just really run through focusing on that. If you're going to do it before next time, I mean, it's dope as shit. So you know, yeah, it is. It. it is pretty dope, Scott. Yeah, yeah. It is wholly off the chain. Urban lingo. One would say lit. Yeah. That's... Fle- fleek. Oh, I don't know. No. <laughs> But V5 isn't really the topic of today's discussion. We're, we actually have an interview, suckers! It's uh, We have uh, live via Skype, uh, Mike Wellam, who's an independent uh, author of RPG Mechanics and various other stuff. Hi, Mike. Hello. And how, how are you doing by? this evening? I'm great. Excellent. How about you guys? Ah, uh, well, you know, living the dream. <laughs> in, a, in a small hot room full of soundproofing. <laughs> that is true. Hopefully it's more comfortable wherever you are. It is much more comfortable. Excellent. We just got our air conditioning fixed uh, a month ago. Oh, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got that solved. I, I hate when I get no AC. Yeah. Oh, oh what a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming, uh, being gracious, and coming on the show uh, to talk to us about your many experiences. Yeah, we always Thank like having. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we always like having developers and of of every different type and like echelon within the organizations. Like we've had some of the muckety mucks of you know White Wolf show up. We've had a couple guys here and there, but you know we we love love getting any developer's viewpoint on game design and how they got started because you know we're all you know grognards. <laughs> also, it's uh, for many years I like to think of it as sort of the way the entry point and the process of getting to a finished product like a game is kind of for many has been kind of a veil of mystery uh, and i always like to know a little bit more about what's how the how the uh, sausage is made as it were okay and uh, so let, why don't we get started and you can tell those folks a little bit about yourself and how you got started okay well uh i'm i'm, I'm an old gamer uh in my late 40s, and I started with the Blue Box Basic D&D set, um, which I got as a Christmas present in 1979, 1980. Ooh. Oh man, yeah. that's that. <laughs> that's that mean how? Uh, so that was that must have been an interesting surprise because uh, sort of my experience is like I got myself into gaming. It's very interesting to have your parents get you into gaming. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I read a lot, and uh, my Dad saw this uh, game at the uh, the BX. Uh, he was a uh, Air Force, and uh, thought I'd be interested in, in trying it out. Um, and I hooked up with a couple of friends about my age uh, in middle school, and we just started, you know, having adventures together. Uh, you know, this the kind of the silly adventures that you have in middle school, uh, yeah. where you're fighting dragons at first level and <laughs> and. Like having vorpal swords and three million gold pieces and stuff like that. Oh yeah, everyone breaks the game when they start. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, was was elf still a class back then? Did you have it that? It was. Oh, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in the, yeah, in that basic in that basic book, it was. I did uh, eventually graduate, if you will, to the uh, the 
Game Master's Guide and the Player's Handbook in Advanced D and D, and that was that was where they had the actual, you know, the usual classes of the cleric, wizard, fighter, uh, thief at the time, mm-hmm. and the other uh, elf and dwarf have had been relegated to races. And uh, what did you enjoy most about that time? Like, what what class did you orient yourself towards? I um, I gravitated towards the thief. I liked being the sneaky guy who was hiding in the shadows, and uh, well, as as a, as an immature uh, <laughs> middle schooler, I liked backstabbing party members and stealing their stuff. Excellent. I just make a new character. Just make a new character, guy. I just grab all your starting it's equipment. Like, it's not like you're a person. <laughs> <laughs> just make a new exactly. guy. So uh, where'd you go from there? I mean, what was your next big game that you sort of like really sunk your teeth into? Um, I dabbled with various other things. Um, my, uh, I befriended a couple of, uh, enlisted guys, uh, that my dad worked with and they played, uh, Traveler, GURPS, uh, the champion system. So got to play a bunch of different games. Um, and, but, uh, D and D kind of just remained my, my one true love, if you will. Mm-hmm. And stuck through that through second edition, third edition, and, um, Took a break for fourth, migrated. like a lot of people did. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I jumped over. I jumped over to Pathfinder, uh, and I, I did try fourth. And um, I'll just say it wasn't for me. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. It's a life choice. <laughs> and uh, I've been spending a lot of my time as far as a designer um, working in in the Pathfinder system. Yeah, that's actually uh, one thing we could, we could really focus on is um, how did you kind of how'd you make your break? You obviously love writing and you love role playing and you sort of married the two where how did you get that in where that foot what door did that foot get into (laughs) um yeah it's one of those things where i always had kind of the dream of doing it and always thought about submitting things to dragon dungeon magazine um just never never did it the and the pathfinder the pathfinder role-playing game came out and i just kind of fell in love with the rules and thought it was something I could, um, I would really like to contribute to. Uh, Paizo was a, it was a great company. They picked up the mantle of the, the third edition rules, um, basically kind of as a, uh, as a third party publisher themselves in a way. Right. And, uh, I just wanted to kind of give back to the community. Uh, I started with, uh, an article for a fanzine for their, um, uh, for their, uh, let's see, convention called PaizoCon, actually. Um, uh, and the fanzine was called Wayfinder. And I did a uh, a weird curse where um, basically the, the people in a town would have all this money and they'd, 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 they'd ignore it. Uh, but the per- curse would pass on to adventurers who would grab the money because they're like, oh, free money. All, all right, that's great. And then they'd kind of lose interest in everything including all this wealth that they had. So that's kind of how I, the first thing I did, uh, I wrote some drakes. So little tiny dragons mm-hmm. for Cobalt press. And they're another third party publisher that does, that, uh, does a lot of, uh, Pathfinder work as long as well as, um, fifth edition. And, uh, they did some third edition back in the day and they actually did some 
stuff for fourth edition. That's what I wanted to ask because I remember looking at the books for Cold Ball Press because they were kind of like, I wouldn't say, they weren't knockoffs or anything, but they were just weird, idiosyncratic, like supplemental material for third edition that I, I remember seeing in the book bookstore and seeing, oh, that's cool, that's interesting. Their stuff want. for fifth is pretty solid. Murphy has both of them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and so that's where you sort of started getting some credit was in Cold Ball Press and then started right. moving your way up. Uh, yeah, I worked, um, did some some drinks for their blog um and at the time it was it was unpaid work mm-hmm. and uh found out that there was another developer who's uh fairly well known at least in the pathfinder circles uh adam daigle was also working on similar monsters mm-hmm. and i was i was a little you know as, a, as kind of a newbie to the uh to the freelancing world i was a little intimidated because here's a guy that's been doing this and, and has been fairly popular and i'm stepping in his in his territory mm-hmm. <laughs> and he seemed really cool about it and actually uh after a a few months uh, asked if i wanted to collaborate with him on a book so that was the first the first major book i worked on was the book of drakes oh that's cool so that was your first official credit to your name authorship of a book yes cool i did have some uh other things that were you know where i wasn't the author on the the front page but i did have some some stuff for Wright Publishing. Uh, worked on some monster templates for them, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was that was kind of it until the Book of Drakes, uh, and that got my attention at Paizo, and I worked on a couple of things for them. And Paizo also had a um, contest that they run run annually, which they don't do anymore right now. Right, I remember reading about that. Yes, called the uh, yeah RPG Superstar. And I had entered uh, several times for that, um, basically from its inception onward. And uh, in 2012, I actually uh, got through the uh, the front the front door, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the process is you have to create a wondrous item or a magic item, and a panel of judges reviews all the magic items that they get and picks 32 to advance to the next round. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took me until 2012 to, to get that far. Uh, I remember one year, you can always, uh, one of the nice things about the Paizo community, uh, as far as the contest was concerned, you could ask the judges for feedback. And the second year that I had entered, one of the judges commented that uh, it was the magic item that I had submitted was one of the worst items he had seen. Oh, <laughs> nice. Wow. Taking a knife to that. <laughs> and, but he's, he was, he was encouraging after that. He said, you know, he hoped he's, uh, I would prove him wrong and that I would come back and, and um, I'd just prove him wrong. And I sort of managed to do that. Spite wins the day. Exactly. <laughs> so you won in uh, 2012 for something I think called a doom comes to dust. Pawn, is that it? That is correct. Yes. Cool. And what was that scenario, briefly? Um, that was kind of my homage to uh, 50s sci-fi alien invasion scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good stuff. So Neat. Essentially, you have, the, you have this crew that went out into space to explore the planets, the solar system. And they came back and dragged something, or they all got basically messed up by whatever they found out there and dragged it back with them. 
and it turned into these beast monsters that were marauding through the uh, the countryside. Classic classic fantasy trope there. You, know, you got to kill Pretty the monster. Much, yeah. And, Is that the time uh, from space? It was something called the uh, Dominion of the Black, uh, which kind of got pulled in when I was doing it by the developer uh, as I was working on this. And the Dominion of the Black is uh, kind of the Lovecraftian type of um, scenario, uh, so, you know, very unknown to the rest of the universe and has these designs that are really weird and out and out there. And these cultists uh, on the uh, on planet on the planet Galarian, which is where the campaign setting is based for for Pathfinder. Oh yeah, okay. We're we're encouraging uh, these mutations and things like that, basically poisoning the water supply, and the adventurers were supposed to to resolve that and uh, and basically keep themselves from turning into these mutated beasts so that got pulled into some main some of the main campaign books for pathfinder is it, i'm just getting clarification oh, okay yeah that no that was already there the the minion of the black was already there just my module got tied into that oh very cool yeah, so I, that makes yeah. sense now my one or my one encounter with pathfinder i actually when i was a warlock i was a warlock one of the great old ones like like the outer one of the outer old god creatures that you so know. there was be a limit and you kind of went be outside that limit I want to kill you right now. <laughs> well, mostly, I, it was one of the first times in a very long time where being a warlock had its downsides of they talk to you sometimes. And, you know, much like uh, much like we find, you know, you always find out in any Chthonic horror, you really don't want them to notice you. Typically not, no. And, Even and though they'll... they do give you great superpowers. Yeah, the superpowers are awesome. <laughs> Power is free. There are no consequences. Revenge, revenge always Except works for, out. like the loss of sanity, no big yeah. deal. Yeah, oh, well, we weren't doing anything who, with that who, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll just metagame it, whatever. All right, so you <laughs> won this cool reward and uh, award, I should say. And where'd you go from there? What what doors opened for you? What did you start developing? Um, I got uh, a couple more offers from Paizo to develop some monsters. That's kind of where my forte lies. Mm-hmm. So for various adventure paths, uh, I just worked on some monsters for them. And um, uh, one of the big third-party companies that I work for now is uh, Raging Swan Press. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. Uh, yes, I have, actually. Okay, cool. Uh, they do a lot of um, more generic, if you will, uh, dungeon settings and things like that. But they also have uh, places of power and village backdrops that you can use as a GM. Just drop into your campaign, and it's a fully fleshed-out village with a background and adventure hooks and, and characters that you can interact with. That's just doing God's work. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, uh, I reached out to Creighton Broadhurst, Broadhurst, who is the owner and the basically sole employee of Raging Swan. <laughs> <laughs> as and, you do as an uh, indie publisher. Yes. <laughs> and also a, a freelancer for wizards of the coast back in the day yep. and uh, today now. So, um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he saw that I won RBG superstar and knew my work. So he started giving me, give me work yeah. and, uh, I've been with him for quite a while. And, and, uh, actually the, it started off, you know, as a third party publisher, he wasn't paying a lot, but he started up a Patreon 
which I probably should have linked to my uh, earlier, but I didn't do. It'll be in the show notes. Don't worry. Okay. We were going to get to that in a little bit later. Um, yeah, right. It's for everyone. Uh, Mike does have a Patreon and we will uh, link that in the show notes. Make sure everyone knows where to, he can, you can find his work. Uh, and now the, yeah, with uh, Creighton's Patreon, he's paying uh, nine, no, 11 cents a word. Mm, wow. For his authors. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. That's really good, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, that's, a, that's a little bit higher than I was expecting as far as like just indie developers from what I've heard. Now, m- most people are a bit shy about saying the number. Nobody likes he, to say not. numbers. <laughs> he's not. <That's, laughs> you know, that's actually really healthy, in my opinion. You should know what you're worth and you should know what people make so you know what you're worth, right? Yeah, it, it really does. There, there have been some bad situations recently that. Knowing the number, or at least people publicly knowing the number, it would be good to right. have. We've, well, we've got a real, really weird cultural taboo about talking about money in this country. Uh, it, it it hurts more than it helps, you know? Uh, well, yeah, it's 100% in favor of management so they can, you know, you know lowball. <laughs> oh, so we don't, uh, this isn't the Corporate Overlords podcast. and uh, Now it is. <laughs> now yeah. it is. Oh. As mandated by our Corporate Overlords. Me undies. <laughs> I could complain about corporate overlords, but uh, you don't want to hear me complain about nah. that. Nah. But actually, what I do want to hear about from you specifically is what are you currently working on? What's your most current project that either you have worked on or are you currently can tell us about? Okay. Um, well, I have a couple things that just came out recently. Uh, something that had been percol- uh, percolating in my mind for a good while uh, called the Swarmonomicon from rogue genius games i'm intrigued um so pathfinder introduced this creature type or subtype called the swarm so Mm -hmm. it's like hundreds or thousands of you know spiders and they're really kind of evil in the game because you have to use you can't really use weapons to beat them because when you you know you hack at a a swarm you're basically killing like five or six of them Mm -hmm. but there's still you know hundreds more just running around aoe is fire that's that's the name yes. of the game. Yep. Uh, so I just created a whole book of swarms ranging from you're the, devil. <laughs> the adorable puppy swarm. <laughs> oh, oh no! What? Uh, oh, puppy swarm. Hey, look! Evil characters have to have something to kill anyway. So that's <laughs> true. It's fair. <laughs> Kick the puppy swarm. Boop all yeah, of their snoots. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they just run around and they just you know just distract everyone that they they you know crawl all over. Um, and uh, then you basically just run the gamut for of CRs uh, challenge ratings from from one half, which is what the puppy swarm is, oh. to uh, twenty, which is like uh, which was an apop- uh, apocalyptic swarm. Can't say that word. Mm-hmm. For some reason, five times fast. Do it now. <laughs> apocalyptic, 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 <laughs> apocalyptic, apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, messed yeah, up. Yeah, 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 there you go. It was the pressure. Yeah, so you're working on this sort of like catch all book. Do you want to put a swarm in your game? Yes, you need this book. Exactly. And it covers the gamut of, of challenge ratings. So GM can be like, oh, I've got to throw something at my 11th level characters. All right. Well, that was so always. Pull up this book and. That was always kind of one of the downsides of like the monster manuals of three, at least in Dungeons and Dragons, you'd have these creature types, you'd have these things, and you'd have a couple of examples of it. Like, okay, here's a, then you know, three, 
3.0 did have swarms in it. Now I, mm-hmm. rem- I remember them, and I hated my GM every time he used them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never <laughs> forgive you, Josh. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, you know, there was no, like, so you want to make a swarm. So you want a swarm for like, this exact level. It's kind of like the dire template. It's not really a... Th- it just means big monster. It just means big animal. It doesn't really template. Yeah, it doesn't template very well. So, right, you know, right. anyone who sort of does the does the work and then in that regard and then just puts out just tons and tons of examples, that's always good. Yeah, so I always thought, and this is going backtracking it slightly, but I always thought like Pathfinder, I like Pathfinder because it really, it's kind of, Dungeons and Dragons 3.75. Like, yes. it took 3.5 and made it better. It refined some of the mechanics and then it took it off in its own world, but they had to obviously create their own material, own original material. Do attacks of opportunity cover less than a page? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if they don't. It's actually the grapple rules that cover less than a page. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know. Steps forward. <laughs> inch by inch, man, progress. It's important. 5.0 has it down to pretty pretty simplistic. I, yeah, I will say I, they almost got it right. They almost yeah. got it. Uh, yeah, they're the. I will say Pathfinder is great. It's really, really good for people who really enjoy hyper-customization, like really getting down to the nitty-gritty details of their character and what their character can do, whereas 5.0 is much more of a, hey, guys, do you want to play... Some Dungeons & Dragons tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. you want to do it for a couple hours. Oh, I recognize it. I recognize the customizability of three, of Pathfinder. I, I know, like, I've actually never cracked a Pathfinder book before, but if it's anything like the, like, birth and breadth of what you could do with 3.5 and then some and then some yeah you oh, yeah. could you could do a lot with a car like you can make it real widgety if you want to all right um oh for mike well let's let's that thank you for going through like sort of all like sort of the details of like your history as it were um but let's get to know more about you and specifically what you like to game about what obviously you write for pathfinder what games do you like to play now that you're older and you have all the world is your oyster, as it were, or at least for gaming purposes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I enjoy playing Pathfinder, obviously. Uh, I'm involved in the, the Pathfinder Society, which is their organized play. Yep. Um, so I, I do that. Uh, taught my uh, children how to play Pathfinder. My uh, well, youngest child, who's actually in college now. Oh, uh, the transmission of the virus. Society. Good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, actually, I kind of run stuff that I work on uh, by by them when I when I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, they'll be your harshest and, critics too. There's no there's no sugarcoating that. Oh no, there isn't. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's like okay, I made I made a mistake, and All I'm right. going to know about it. So oh. it's actually it's actually really good. So all right, Dad, real talk. The DC on this monster is horse crap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to need you to go back and think about what you did. <laughs> I, I'm actually just imagining when they were younger, they're like, oh, another one, Dad, come on. I rolled a two. Is that fine? What is it about rust monsters you love so much? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like you love them more than me. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> fifth, fifth edition is also something I've uh, been playing and uh, and reading through more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, like you said, it's it's definitely a lot easier to pick up. Uh, than than Pathfinder, uh, Pathfinder you almost need to have someone who's knowledgeable with the rules to help a new player. The old ways. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes, it's very much the legacy of of I know a thing and I have to teach you the thing for you to even begin to appreciate the thing. Uh, it's yeah, an exactly. art in that respect. Fifth ed, 
Um, and as we've discussed at length, you can hand that book to someone who has even like just a little bit of gaming experience or none, and they'll be able to sort of work their way through it with a little bit of help. You don't really have to do immense amounts of handholding. Yeah, with- I mean, it's a it's a really good. They're both really good for what they do. We're not saying yeah. one is necessarily superior to the other, um, unless <laughs> right. you're unless you're in that camp. And more power to you if you are. But in and I, general- I try not to be. I, I try not to vomit all over other games. Uh, for example, fourth edition. I I just say it's not for me. Yep. Uh, or it wasn't for me. So but. I was very much in the camp, and I still kind of in the camp of, of not fourth edition. But I listened to another podcast called Critical Hit, and they're playing a solid one to thirty fourth edition game. And I was like, really fourth edition, really guys? And then I listened to them play, and they go through all their combats, and I was like, you know what? I appreciate fourth edition for what it is. <laughs> yeah. I won't play it. A bookkeeping exercise. <laughs> kind of. I mean, it can get really dynamic because it is very, it's it's kind of a miniatures game. It literally is. It, it had to be a miniatures game. And you know why? You know why? You know why? D&D miniatures came out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wizards. Money. Well, that, that They definitely were uh, trying to attract a certain audience to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they realized, wait, we're not selling our books anymore. We need something else. Yeah. So um, when you, right now, like, do you have a, 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 a quote-unquote boss who kind of directs what you're creating right now? Or is it like, do you come to the to someone and be like, I have an idea for a thing, I want to, I want to make this, and that's where that come like, is that where the work comes from? So how, do, how it, does it, one go about that now? Uh, it, de- it depends. Um, at Paizo, uh, for example, I, I let them know that I'm available for work. And they'll give me an outline or, but generally speaking, that's directed by them and their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cobalt Press is somewhat similar. Um, I can pitch something or I can ask Wolfgang Bauer uh, if he's got something for me. And, you know, a lot of time they have a Kickstarter at least once a year that they do where uh, it focuses on, you know, whatever uh they're going to, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever topic they're going to focus on right. for the Midgard campaign setting. Right. Um, speaking of which, I just got a, uh, the, a book just came out uh, about dark cults, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd written one of the cults, um, the Night, Night Cauldron of Chernobog, in that. Oh, so was, that was one of those things where I just sent an email to uh, Wolfgang, and I said, hey, you got something for me? And he goes, well, yeah, I, wanted, I want a cult where somebody's or the, this group of people worships Chernobog in a, his aspect of the night God. So mm-hmm. I came up with a concept of, of a group of people that basically want to extinguish the sun. Ooh. I mean, what has the sun done for us anyway? Exactly. I will, I will hit it with my hammer. <laughs> my bloody, bloody hammer. I'm assuming you've been following American gods, hopefully. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh good, good, oh, yeah. good. Uh, you I said read, the name and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, he's in there. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone hasn't watched American Gods, go watch American for Gods. For God's sake, go good. watch American Gods. Yeah, it's very good. And also read the book. Do both. Yeah. It's fine. I did that first, so. Good. Good man. Um, so um, uh, so have you ever worked for specifically for a company? Have you ever been an employee of a company? Have you always been a freelancer? I've always been a freelancer. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, if right now, if, if you got people, there's probably a whole bunch of gamers listening right now to this podcast. Um, what would advice would you give them? Um, if they want to become freelancers or even 
have been worked for one of these companies and try to really make a go of it? Um, the the big thing is do, do your homework. So if there's a company that you want to work for, um, check out their offerings. Uh, some companies, uh, like like I mentioned before, Cold Press and Raging Swan have blog posts and have in their uh, on their websites will have a link that basically tells you how to write for them or how to submit articles for them. But the key thing is just get an idea of the style of writing and the things that they really seem the, the company seems to really look for mm-hmm. uh, and and do that. But also at the same time, you want to be passionate about it. Uh, you don't want to just go, well, OK, I'll, I'll hack together something about um, about some kind of Lovecraftian horror for cold press because they're they, they seem to be interested in that. Um, but if you're not really interested in it, it does show. Um, and I, I say that from experience because I have done some things where I've been like, well, okay, this, this will look good. And I wasn't really interested in it and it, it came out not so well. Um, so that, so those are the two kind of key things that I'd say. Um, and, uh, there are plenty of opportunities for getting your foot in the door, uh, especially um, and I kind of am more focused on Pathfinder because that's where I kind of grew up in yeah of course freelancing uh, but you the Wayfinder magazine which is the fanzine for Paizo that's unpaid uh, but the uh, the editor-in-chief uh, Tim Nightingale uh, is really keeps has a really keen eye for talent and so if there's something he likes and he's actually lives in Seattle and games with some of the guys, uh, some of the people that work for Paizo, mm-hmm. if there's something that he sees that's pretty cool, he'll mention it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I guess it's, it's, it's as I have experienced, it's very much uh, getting to know people, networking. Um, it's not like you have to be buddy-buddy with everyone or uh, anything like that. It's more of a, if you've got the skills and you've got the passion, somebody will eventually notice and then they'll pass your name along to somebody else who actually can make those kind of decisions. Also, there's avenues by which to be seen, therefore mm-hmm. make good stuff or make give it your best shot and try to be seen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, we're all in a sort of creator-making content sort of uh, mode nowadays. There's I have so no many... idea what you're talking about. Yeah, none, none. <laughs> uh, and I don't make anything. You don't make anything? I, you just... All I got is jokes. Oh, <laughs> that's that's we making know, something. We know, Ryan. We know. We know. <laughs> And you, uh, you mentioned the creator uh, creator thing. That, yep. That's one thing that I've done now for almost five years, and I, I mentioned this earlier to you, uh, was the, uh, the the monster creation stuff that I do for um, Pathfinder. Yep. Uh, and that was completely free on a friend's blog. And I think I've generated somewhere over 200 monsters for ooh, that. Neat. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. <laughs> so you like to do uh, that for fun, but obviously I mean, for the fans. Yeah, exactly, and um, it's it is it is a lot of fun, and I enjoy it. I get to I because it's my own my own thing. I get to do some goofy things with it. So every now and again, I'll do a mashup monster. So you know, if you have a cat and a shark or something like that, someone's photoshopped a cat and a shark together. <laughs> I'll make a monster based on that image. Um. Uh, so, uh, what's the name of your friend's blog that you put these on? Um. Is is uh, Mythpeak rambling.blogspot.com. Uh, okay. Cool. We'll cool. definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I'll make yeah, sure. It's to... a little bit weird on the spelling. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but don't worry, Ryan will help us out on that. And uh, yeah, I got it. Um, also, because this involves you and me, because we're all people who have Patreons, um, uh, I want to get your opinion on Patreon because uh, it's very sort of new, very cool platform for a way of content creators like ourselves to actually produce content and get feedback, direct financial feedback from fans. Um, yes. You have one for what you call it, Frightful Fridays, is that it? Right. And, uh, and, uh, that, yeah, that's my monster create the, the monster creation that I do on the blog. So that content is still out there. Um, but the Patreon allows people to get that content early. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a level where, uh, if someone at that level says, Hey, I want a monster that breathes frost and, uh, can gore people like a bull or something like that. Can you make that monster for me? And it needs to be this level or whatever. I can do that. No. Nope. Uh, so, uh, so kind of gives someone you know direct access to mm-hmm. me, and I've I've done that before, where someone would be like, "Hey, can you make this monster?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." Um, so it's just kind of a little bit of an incentive. If someone wants to pay a little more, they can they can direct me to create monsters for them. So I kind of work for them in in a sense. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I, I like the Patreon model. What I'm finding out is that I am very bad at self-advertising. <laughs> Man, we have no idea how that is. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, um, hey, cool. you folks in Radioland. <laughs> uh, what I'm finding, and I'm pretty sure uh, it's the same boat for you, is self-promotion is a skill. It's a skill that most people don't have, and you have to develop it. You have to work at it. You have to fail first, and then hopefully you'll succeed a little bit more. Or trick a robot into helping you. Mm. <laughs> By paying them money. Yes, <laughs> yes those robots, they, they get so fooled by money. The tweeter bots. <laughs> the tweeter bots, they love that money? They yes. do. They do. <laughs> I haven't found it. Yeah, I haven't found a tweet bot that'll take, you know, 50 cents. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that just is... you wait. <laughs> just oh, we'll, you wait. We'll get there. Microtransactions are on their way. <laughs> well, if net neutrality is anything. Oh, oh topical. No. Oh, yeah. I've got friends that follow me on Facebook and, uh, you know, talk to them in person at the recent PaizoCon. They're like, you had a Patreon? And I'm like, yeah, I mentioned it a few times. <laughs> Thanks for the retweets, pals, friends. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. You have to be like the most shameless tweet machine. Like you just like figure out some hashtags that always apply to everything you do and just use them over and over again. Yeah, it's kind of gross, actually. It I really feel is. I feel nasty. <laughs> I, yeah, that's part of my problem. I think I just feel icky when I do that, like, I, you know. I, I feel icky when I see something like that. I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty shameless. Yeah, uh, yeah for me, I, I'm starting to get, I'm, it's not that I don't have shame, but I probably have less of it, is just the idea of you, if you're passionate about something, if you really love it and you believe in it, you should put it out there. And you should just be brave and put it out there. For God's just like sake, you have. For God's sake, look at this. You'll like it, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyeballs, five seconds, please. That's all I need, yeah. That's all I need. Um, so um, we're, we're getting close to time, but we're not done okay. yet. Um, I actually have sort of a uh, sort of a wild ball left field question for you. Um, in the since you're a, an older gamer um, and we're a bit younger than you, um, where have how have you seen sort of games develop over your time? I know this is a bit of a story, and and you can be as brief as you want. Um, I, do you do you like the direction that gaming is going? That our tabletop RPGs are going. Or um, would you like to see the return of something that has sort of 
been pushed off to the wayside? Um, well, the thing is, is that uh, it, in today's day and age, even stuff that's been pushed to the wayside uh, has made a makes resurgent. So there is a, the OSR, for example, mm-hmm. that scratches that itch for first edition and second edition, and introduces more of the the modern concepts and things like that. So you get away from things like uh, Thaco, which you may or may not have heard of. Yes, to uh, hit AC zero. We all, yes, we we know. No, and and charts for everything that you need to do, including saving throws and things like that. So, so yeah, so there's there's plenty of there are plenty of games out there that had their day and and have come back, and I think again because of kind of the oh uh, I guess equality you if you will that's done that's been introduced by pdf publishing mm-hmm. um i think it's a lot easier to get access to those older games so even if you you know even if that's it so if that's what you like you have plenty of access to that and there are a lot of old older school gamers that um continue to to do to do that work um for a big example of that is uh dcc Dungeon Crawl Classics, mm-hmm. um, which, again, more of a modern sensibility to to gaming, but definitely appeals to to old school old school gamers. Yeah, so basically, it's the internet. Nothing's truly lost. You can you can right. find it if you look hard enough. Exactly, and a lot of the a lot of the old school games that come out now allow have a lot of compa- compatibility with uh, games from from yesteryear so if you want to play uh two of fours as it was originally written uh you can pick up you know swords and wizardry or any of the other old school games and run it yep Uh, Uh, if you got a hankering for the temple of elemental evil by god you you can can. play it in multiple editions multiple yes oh my god one edition per wing (laughs) yeah pretty much i still want to play the temple of elemental good just like find find the orphan room. And puppy swarms. Yeah. A lot of puppy swarms. swarms. Yeah. How, um, how but, can you kill? How they're so cute. Yeah. Well, gotta get that XP. Okay. <laughs> they're they're worth ten XP. My execution points. <laughs> oh but yeah. But there are a lot of games out there. Um, so if there's a certain style that you like, uh, it's it's not too difficult to find. I mean, the the key thing is finding other players especially if you want to sit down at an actual table yeah yeah but uh again these days like you said the internet you can do virtual tabletop yep virtual tabletop roll 20 though i mean i i play uh black crusade and i have been having to exclusively roll 20 because there's no one who plays it locally it's uh, your secret shame, and we all know it's it. It's not my secret shame. I, 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 I it like it. I, think it's... I love being bad guys. I, I like being bad guys. Hey, he was talking about killing puppies earlier. <laughs> yeah, but yours is Warhammer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that makes it bad. All Kinda. right. Uh, we are running up to time. Any last questions from you two? Ryan Scott. Oh, shit, dude. Come on. Putting you on the spot. Come on. Oh, God. Uh, Improv. Uh, Let's go. Wait, come on. Uh, if you had to choose which D&D edition. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Incisive, there you go. Incisive, to the point, to the bone. Oh, hard-hitting questions here at Polyhedron. 
Okay, I'm gonna kind of dodge the question. I'm oh. gonna go with Pathfinder because that's that's uh, no, that, that, it counts. It counts. Nah, Pathfinder counts at this point. Yep. It's basically com- it's created as much material as 3.0 ever did, yep. so it yep. counts as its own edition. That's fine. Okay. And, I mean, I have a, a, a nostalgic um, fondness for first edition because that's the first. Edi- that's the the very thing, very first thing that I played. So yep. yeah. I have no. But uh, I've gone back to look at first edition rules, and I'm like, I'm really happy with being able to roll a d20 and add numbers or subtract numbers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mine is what is your favorite monster you ever made? Ooh, that's a good one. One second. They're all my favorite. No, I know. They're I know. all my babies. Pick your children, <laughs> pick them. Uh, and if you do say your children by the way that that is funny (laughs) (laughs) they are your monsters yes yes they are well actually i am i'm supposed to refer to my youngest as my health spawn so yeah (laughs) um i would say my favorite monster is the crimson drake which was evil version of the pseudo dragon because that was one of the very first monsters that i worked on Okay, cool. So, cool. I, yeah. I've been stung by many pseudo dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pseudo dragons are annoying. I hate to see an evil one. Jesus. This and this yeah, this one breathes goes. a little bit of fire and yeah, he also has he also has poison, so Oh, so he's Just, also adorable, so that makes it hard to want to hurt it. Oh, exactly. It. But it's evil. Ah. But it's evil. Uh-uh. It's gonna like I'm so friendly. It's like a cat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, dragons and cats. I yeah. mean, if you really think about it, <laughs> no, that was literally we're like, yeah, for this edition, we kind of just looked at cats, <laughs> and we just gave them scales and wings and made them huge. Exactly, <laughs> it works. All right, like, oh, come, come here, pet me, and then they t- turn the claws on you. Yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly, for, exactly. Three pets, no more, no less. <laughs> no more, uh, no actually, less. I, the covenant. Can, can I take that back and answer with a different answer? Sure, sure. you can Absolutely. do whatever you want. Absolutely. Okay. One of my favorite monsters is is the Zloty, mm. and, which is the – I'm probably mangling the pronunciation. It's the Polish currency. But the monster itself was an image of this gigantic platypus, like a kaiju platypus, that was destroying a city. Nice. <laughs> on that image, and it was a lot of fun. So, yes, that, that's probably my favorite monster. It's, 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 Hell. it's hellish, gigantic – and kind of adorable. I have to. I have to see it. <laughs> I have <laughs> to, to look know. It up now. I'll. I'll uh, drop a link uh, uh, over at Ryan. Uh, sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I'll totally put it in the. Oh, show that's notes going so to the show notes too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Cool. All the everything's in the show notes now. The whole internet hey, in the but, show notes. Yeah. Like, and ours are short by comparison to some podcasts. Yeah. You should see the Vana guys. <sighs> well, they're once a month and they're going over an entire goddamn novel. <laughs> uh, but anyways, where Mike, where can people find you if they want to contact you? How do, can they do that? Okay, uh, Facebook, uh, Mike Wellum, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter at MD Wellum. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Mythpeak Rambling at blogspot or dot blogspot dot com, mm-hmm. and my Patreon. Great. Uh, That's uh, Patreon dot com slash Frightful Fridays. That is correct. Okay. And I don't have an Instagram, uh, just starting a Tumblr, but I can't, it's not something I can like actually <laughs> point to because there's nothing there. I don't understand it either. <laughs> it's a thing. The you kids, do I don't, I don't know. 
Was, my children are actually going to help me set that up. <laughs> Sweet. So. Okay. They're good for something. Like. We need teenagers. Yeah. Do we, we need teenagers? We need interns. We need, I need interns unpaid here. interns. Yeah. That's what there I need. Go. God, we can trick them. So, yeah, just those, just those three places pretty much. Okay, Fantastic. great. Um, and if you want to find us, you can always email us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you're listening to this, send us an email. We'll dis- we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. Um, you can also find me at bioimportance on Twitter. I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. Yeah, that's right, Scott. I, I beat you to it this time. Fucker. Uh, I am at Divis Malkav. Um, and as always, if you're listening to this and you're listening to it, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever feeder use thing you're using, whatever app you're using to listen to this, please, please go and give us five-star reviews. That will help us get more exposure. We're really trying to expand our audience. We want more audience members so that we can we can get more feedback from them so we can make this show bigger and better um um we have went ahead on our own patreon we have updated a lot of the tiers we have we actually have exclusive patreon only content now that's right yeah it's really cool it's it's good stuff it's gonna be cool yeah um and so you can go over there and you can get more of us if you like us that much and come over there donate some dollars and become one of our bosses and get f- extra content from us. Really, it's getting really hard to trick real important people to come on the show. So you're going to have <laughs> you guys really got to step it up, okay? <laughs> uh, the the whole the whole uh, candy witch in the in the woods thing isn't working anymore. So, <laughs> so shove that bits in, those bits into whatever hopper you need to, to get, to get over here, please. <laughs> um, and that Patreon is patreoncom Um And as always, everyone, uh, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice.